0: I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are track walking in the cold. It's not cold here.
1: It's not. It's I was it's I wear a t shirt and shorts to the climbing gym today and was not cold. Oh. I don't know what to tell you.
0: It was actually unseasonably warm the past week or two up here. And that stopped today. <laughs> It's cold again. It's, it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, it looks like we're officially in fall slash winter. Winter is definitely like here. We're like high in the low 40s now. And
1: I love for the next five months, we'll just lead into the show where you talk about how it's cold and I talk about how it's not cold. And oh it's going to be amazing
0: and gray. It's again like the temperature. I can, I can always put on more clothes. I'm fine. But like not seeing the sun. Like, it's, it's gray now. Yeah. I don't know when the next time I'm going to see the sun is. To be totally honest,
1: <laughs> that's, I to that's miserable. I don't know what to tell you. I had to sit in the shade uh, all weekend. There was uh, at Rally Ready, the driving school, there was a rally sprint this weekend. Yeah. And I had the best worker position I've ever had at any automotive event in my life. Um, I was a remote corner worker. Um, so, so, you can work from home? I could have. Um, in, in stage rally, they have um, workers that work out on the stages and they're radio connected if possible, and they call cars as they come by um, because, on any rally stage, you can't see cars all the time. And what they're really trying to do is get a sequence, you know, the sequence, the car should come through on the same sequence they were released. And if they don't, and if you're missing a car, you need to find out what happened to it um, for medical reasons. And because rally is distinctly a dangerous sport. Um, so the, the rally sprint doesn't quite have those, all of those same things, but we're trying to develop a culture that has good solid radio calls and good develop some of those same things with the rally sprint. So I got to work uh, out on a part of the ranch called the panhandle, which is this finger of pasture. That's like way out in the middle of nowhere. And it's the snaking road goes out, makes a U turn, snaking road goes back, and it goes out into the woods and does other stuff. And so for both days, I worked like six hours at a time, which just was like me in a chair under an oak tree, sitting there with a the radio, calling cars when they came by all by myself. There's some beautiful flowers out there. It would be like, we got a half hour break. And I just like wander around, take pictures of flowers. Go down by the pond. Had some porcupines. If there had been porcupines, there was a a hole under a bank. I was like, there's something that lives under here. I would definitely (laughs) figure out what that is. But it was like the best day of working ever. And I told Dave, I'm like, I have done basically every job here. I've done timing. I've done the, you know, monitoring the crowds. I've released cars from start. I said, putting me in the middle of nowhere is the best job ever. (laughs) I
0: loved it so much. So how do you get out there? Do they like, drive you out there?
1: It, it was about... It was not quite a 15-minute walk, 10-minute walk out there. Um, they did drive me out there a couple times. Other times, they were they were like, all right, first car out is going to be in like 45 minutes. And I was like, all right, see you guys later. I'm going to walk out to the station. And I pick up my chair and my, my cooler bag of drinks, and I just walk out there. I thought you were Great. going out to
0: hang out with Brian.
1: I did hang out with Brian, but then he went down south and watched uh, the Elon launch his big rocket, so... So I hung out with Brian for an an evening, and the next morning, uh, then I went to do rally stuff. Sonia showed up. I didn't really hang out with her because she was doing timing, and I was in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was great. I loved it. Every moment (laughs) of it.
0: Good for you. My kid got older officially over the weekend, Ah. which makes me feel older. He's ten now which is a decade. The double digits is a big one. Yeah, it's it's got a gravity to it. You know, what were you doing 10 years ago? Like, well, I remember it vividly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (sighs) Mayhem.
1: Yeah, not only that, but that means they're like sneaking up on being a teenager real quick.
0: Real quick, yeah. Yeah, he's not quite to the sassy phase, but... He's such a sweet kid, but he's definitely like he's getting his sense of humor is continues to develop, um, which means sass is not far behind. Yeah, he's got. I've I've talked to him enough that I can tell he's got like
1: he's right on the edge of getting some good sarcasm. Yeah, oh yeah, um, and when he figures out how effective that tool is, it's going to be amazing. Yeah,
0: it's. I know I'm going to be in serious trouble when like I've got a pretty good dad look to Willem and like I can, I can make him stop pretty much anything with a look when that doesn't work. I'm in trouble. As soon as he gives you the look back,
1: you'll give him that look and he'll turn around and he'll give you the exact same look back and then smile at you.
0: Then you're in trouble. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. That's true.
1: Just heads up. It's coming. Yeah. Thanks for that.
0: So Seth. Yeah. You told me something. It's been a while now, especially when this comes out, it will have been even longer, but you made a pretty big decision, uh, not with kids, not with your job family, but with your hobby tiny riding tiny kids bikes i did um i
1: quit my endurance racing team and that was a very difficult a very difficult thing to do um for a variety of reasons and it made me want to talk to you about quitting and it made like not just between you and i but publicly talk about the 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 dynamics of yeah quitting is the best word cuz it's got such such negative connotations. Yeah. When you use it even when it's accurate like I did a thing and now I don't I quit.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, in corporate language like corporate change language, they avoid quitting the, the two words quitting or change. wholly. Yeah. They will insert Every single descriptor or verb that they can to avoid those two words specifically because they are scary or elicit visceral, emotional
1: backlash. And I think they do in motorsports as well. Um, This community of motorsports we have, if, if somebody quit, like they quit cars, they quit driving, they quit GLTC, like that... For the people that are still involved, still passionate, like this is their thing, they wake up in the morning and dream about it, and somebody says, I quit, like, you have a really emotional response to that news.
0: I've um, got some theories why, but... Yeah, we'll so
1: the... There. I'll go over the the structure of what's going on. The The team, team that I have right now is uh, Derek, who's the one who got me into motorcycles. I would not be racing motorcycles... Maybe at all, but definitely how I am if he hadn't come and and been an autocross student. And then we got talking, and then he dragged me out to ride motorcycles. And then he never did autocross ever again, and I did motorcycles. And he literally, he bought the ground that I own now. He bought off Craigslist, and he sent me a message and said, we're going to go endurance race. He didn't ask me. He just told me, this is what we're going to do now. And I was like, all right. I guess this is what I'm going to do now. And, um, and so it's, it's him and a, a pair of brothers that I really, really like, um, that we started, they started riding a couple years ago. They did some endurance racing on their own and we asked them to join the team two years ago. So they've done two full seasons with us. And I like these three as people, like genuinely like them as people. Um, they're good friends of mine. We actually have a very fast and the furious thing that we do every Wednesday.
0: Um, tuna, we tuna sandwiches?
1: Uh, I haven't made tuna sandwiches yet, but we every Wednesday we have like a, a potluck type thing, which is usually me bringing food because I'm the most organized and do food. But like we get we'll, together. We'll get there. Yeah, like we we get together almost every Wednesday and we hang out for two, three, four hours. And it, it's a team meeting, but it's really just, you know, four guys hanging out, cementing their friendship, doing those sorts of things. Um, and over the course of last year and this year, as we raced, it became it became clear to me that what we were doing was different. Like our goals for what we were doing is, was, was different this season. Last season somewhat too, but, but last season was different because we were running my bike. Right. Um, and so I had the, the negative way I could look at it is like, I could dad the situation. Just be like, don't worry. I'll do it. Like I got it. I'll do it. It's fine. And I would just take charge and I would take care of it and I would do it. And then things would be done and prepping the bike and buying spares and doing those sorts of things. So I didn't have to worry about it. And the, and for this year we decided to build the new bike, which I've talked about a bunch and so everything became a shared team thing and it went in my eyes it went badly Um, we didn't race well that is when the bike ran we can ride laps fine like we're just fine at riding but we're not good at racing we're not good at having a prepped bike we're not good at having spares we're not good at making those decisions that make the day at the track uh stress-free um were terrible at finishing events like like running the full four hours of the race and as that happened more and more it became a huge deal to me emotionally like i wasn't sleeping the night before races because there was I would say there's too many things out of my control, but it was more than just like whether I had control over the situation. It was just, we were not prepared in a way that was going to make me comfortable to race. And so it was really like, I wasn't sleeping because it was just too much. Wow. Okay. And it wasn't the same for the rest of the team. They're just fine. Kind of winging it, having a good time, You know, sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. We'll get the bike ready, it's fine. And neither one of us was necessarily doing anything wrong. Um, My way of racing and their way of racing aren't wrong. But they're different. And I can't make them race like I do. I shouldn't try to make them race like I do.
0: I, and I, that's really what from what I've seen what that's what strange relationships
1: right like like I can't make them care about bike prep in the way that I do yep um, that's just not what they are it's a personality thing and we all know people who have done car prep like people do car prep differently right and you can't make someone do car prep in a different way they have to come to it in, of, of their own accord um, and, and on a team where you've only got one vehicle and multiple people, maybe responsible for prep, like that, that tends to be a friction thing. Right. Can be a friction thing. And so by the end of the season, it became really clear to me if I continue to race with them, I'm going to have a really hard time being friends with them. Because too much of what we do together is going to piss me off. And I don't think you can be in a relationship with someone. If a large amount of the time you spend with them, you spend angry with them for what they're doing. Even if you accept the fact that they're not necessarily doing things wrong. Like it's not, it's just frustrating. And so like the time you spend around them makes you upset. And that makes you miserable. And then you don't want to be around them. And, you know, I, I wasn't going to be their friend and race with them. I, I came to the conclusion I had to pick one.
0: Well, and you keep saying it's not wrong, but we're also just talking like objectively, like if there is some like objective right or wrong here, but subjectively, you know, what they do is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) that's basically like what i'm getting at is like you know they've they have chosen certain things which has pluses and minuses and you see a lot of minuses in the way that they do things to the point where i'm just kind of recapping here to the point where you're starting to see them as potentially bad people (laughs) Because of how how you prioritize things.
1: If you perpetually see someone making bad choices, like what you see as a bad choice, it's really hard to be like,
0: no, they're fine.
1: They just do dumb things all the time.
0: (laughs) Well, I think what probably brought this to a head is... It'd be one thing if you were racing like in the same league as them, or, you know, hopefully again, like as their friend, like watching them do this, like, man, it's real dumb. But like, yeah. I guess you get to reap what you sow here. But I think where it seems to cross the point of decision making is because your experience of the whole thing was being affected by those decisions like you weren't a bystander looking in on this innocently just right. to see what's going on as you were being uh negatively impacted
1: yeah and i'm still going to race next year just not with them and i told them that like there's there's still the exact structure that i'm going to race and i'm not quite sure yet i think i've got a good idea but but i'm like no i'll be there and i'll help you guys when you need help i'm just not going to be on your team and you know we're still gonna hang out once a week and i'll still talk to you about the bike and like we still talk about the bike all the time they were making decisions on like what color they were going to powder coat the wheels and some other stuff and you know i certainly put my opinion in on on that because they asked my
0: opinion did you say black black wheels
1: no they're already black (laughs) they want them purple purple and sparkly
0: it's better than black
1: aesthetically i will say aesthetically these guys have some really good opinions (laughs) like i think potentially they're going to show up with a really cool looking bike that may sit in the pits broken okay um stern but so and for for people listening who have been around around lemons I think you've you've seen those teams that just sort of show up with a semi broken car and spend the weekend trying to nurse it into laps, and then they all high five each other and they're like, wasn't that a good time? And I look at that and think that looks like the worst way possible to go to a racetrack and sure. spend money.
0: Sure, I um, I would too. Yeah, to be fair
1: but they're having a good time. Like, yeah. I who am I to tell them that they're doing it wrong if the whole point of this is to have a good time.
0: And but to have a good time in It's weird like I I almost think like they're doing the quiet part out loud. Like they're finding enjoyment in literally struggling. Right. Like that is you know the overcoming quote-unquote all odds even though like well you're not all the odds you just chose not to do all this beforehand so like that's that's where my mind goes but like they're they're kind of doing the thing that we talk a lot about like find joy in the work and again like you said i've known endurance teams that that do this i hell i see time attack teams that do this right that they you know prep the night before and still come to the track with things to do um and you know God bless them good God for bless them it's for just them. not for me good for them i'm not <laughs> affiliated um i'm friends and i know a great many of those people um and i will lend tools and a hand when i'm able but yeah. So I,
1: I had to tell my friends I was quitting.
0: How this has been on your mind on some level for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. It had been for the last couple events of the year.
1: Like, can, can I continue to do this?
0: Was that worse? All right. Which was worse? thinking about the decision before you made the decision, the time after you decided what to do, but before you told them or in the actual telling,
1: it was hardest for me to make the decision. Like, okay. like once, once I knew that that's what I was going to do, there was some, some internal stress. Like, when do I tell them, sure. how do I do this in such a way that we can still be friends and they don't just like you know give me double middle fingers and say see you at the track next year see you nerd yeah cuz i like these guys we ride dirt bikes together we hang out together like it's they're they're fun um and i don't want to lose them as friends because i enjoy them as people and they're they're people that i spend a bunch of time hanging out with um but that admitting to myself that quitting the team was the right course of action that this wasn't the the relationship that we had for racing wasn't savable. that it was something that should be ended and ending the relationship was the the right thing to do was really really hard for me
0: um why I w- I wanted I wanted to say some leading things but i
1: I know you want to say some leading things I and and you'll you know I will probably say this and you'll be like bullshit I'll tell you why it was hard <laughs> but it this is racing racing has been important to me endurance racing has been important to me mm-hmm. um doing well racing has been important to me um and having those people count on me to we've talked about this in the past like when I'm on track like I'm you know doing well and matters to me and doing well for the team matters to me and not letting people down matters to me and so it's like racing tiny motorcycles is such an inconsequential thing in the grand scheme of the world but but to me in my daily life it gave me something to do well it gave me a way to you know have something to look forward to um it gave me a way to interact with other people in a way that they could count on me that i could be important to them um it let me form that relationship um that that friendship and that relationship has been an important part of my life for the last four years especially the last two years that i've been racing with this group um like you, you build your life around those emotional relationships that you have with people. And to say that thing, that relationship that I've had, that thing that I've been doing is something that I don't want to do anymore. Um, Like it, you feel like it's going to leave a giant void. Like if, if I take away something that's important, then what do I have in its place? And so I don't want to, I don't want to take, I don't want to voluntarily lose the thing that's important because I'm afraid of having nothing in its place. And and it's, it's not so much about quitting racing. It's about quitting the people that you race with. Because those people that you're with are the important,
0: or, are to me, are the important part. I wouldn't even, I don't, I'd hesitate to even say that you're quitting the people. Because I'm, you're not, I though. think
1: I was worried that I was, though. Okay. I think I, 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 I talked myself into a way to do it so that I didn't quit the people. Um, because I, the other thing is, like I said, like I could either race with these guys or I could be friends with them. And, and that's where, when I realized that that was a really scary thing that, you know, I'm going to not like, I'm going to lose this relationship, some aspect of this relationship because it's not sustainable in the way that I've been doing it this year. Um, and if, if I lose the racing part, which I did, cause I walked away from it, I should be able to keep the friendship part. Otherwise I had to dramatically dial back the friendship part because I can't see these guys every day and be just like eat dinner with them on a Wednesday, knowing the bike's not prepped for a Saturday. Like you can walk in there and you can see it in the corner and you can see it's half disassembled and it's Wednesday. We got a race on Saturday and they're like, no, no, we'll get it. Like between Wednesday and Saturday was just, it was too much for me. Yeah. And now if I go over there and eat on Wednesday I'm like if they're if their bike isn't ready that's that's up that's them and that won't bother me because I have my own I have my own bike to be preparing yeah.
0: you can um, you can and not in a negative way you can assert more control over something that you can actually control
1: right and that and that lets me be in an emotional state that is better for the rest of my life. You know, this was affecting how I interacted with my wife. Like go lay down in bed with somebody and toss and turn and flop around for for 3 nights in a row because right. you can't sleep because your friends are have stressed you out. And my wife wears a Fitbit and it gives her a sleep score and she wakes up in the morning. She's like my sleep score is like 11. I'm like, yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> Cause I can't sleep cause I'm flopping around Sorry. because I'm worried about the motorcycle. Um, and you know, this is, I think, I think quitting in our society, like quitting relationships, which is really what we're talking about here. We're not just talking about quitting racing necessarily. We're talking about quitting the relationships associated
0: with racing again, like I'd, I'd want to try to direct it more of you're quitting the situation or you're quitting the experience. Like take, take your pick of words. Like you're, I guess you're quitting the, I'm on a race team with you, but like that relationship you're not quitting.
1: No, but anytime you have a thing where you're like, I do this thing with my friends and now I'm not going to do this thing with my friends. Yeah, Even if it's just going out, like, like people have this, this is one of the issues that makes it really hard for people that I've known to stop drinking. Part of it's the drinking. Sure. And part of it's that a huge part of their social existence happens when they're out with the people that they drink with. And if you take away necessarily when the people that I've known who have had a drinking, like a significant drinking problem and need to stop drinking, they need to not just take away the alcohol. They need to take away the situations in which they drank alcohol because they can't, those two are too closely linked. Right. And, and it leaves a significant void and you gotta figure out a way to have something in that place, relationships and that in that in that hole that that fill your life up and not just quitting can't just create a nothing and it usually does.
0: yeah, sure. yeah oftentimes when we talk about quitting, it's. It's a negative in that it is creating that void that you're taking a thing and you're rendering it nothing. Rather, what I really see more, especially the healthy kind of quitting, is... (laughs) Let's bring in some of this corporate speak. You're really shifting focus. You're really transitioning to something new right Um, like the it's not quitting you're saying no to something but as i keep saying like you're saying no to something so that you can say yes to something that's far more exciting and hopefully healthier for you
1: well that would be the ideal thing right i think that's the you know why we why we want to have this discussion but i don't think when you say I've quit something, I've I've stopped something. Um, so the other thing is I'm I've effectively made the decision that I'm not going to do one lap again. Sure. Um, that's not to say I'll never do one lap, but one lap, I won't have a car to do one lap in. Um, I don't I don't see myself owning a one lap appropriate car in the next decade at least sure if not longer like i won't have a car to do one lap um i'm not going to commit the time and resources to one lap um if the right person calls me and says can you do one lap with me this year i can see situations where i would say yes but i don't i'm not going to chase one lap i'm done Yep. And it just, I don't know why I'm done. I just know that I am.
0: But even in your description, you're done so that that money goes elsewhere. That time goes, I mean,
1: <laughs> maybe like I, I, it's really obvious. I think it's obvious to me. And, and this is what I want to get at by this show. Like, like when I want to say, when is it okay to quit? But like, how do you evaluate those things in your life? Because everything we do is as a combination of positive and stressful, whether that's, whether that's work, whether that's romantic relationships, whether that's our racing, um, You know, everything is a combination of like, this brings positivity and joy to my life. And Christ, this is stressful and hard. Sure. Um, and in the same thing will ebb and flow through time. Um, your romantic relationships will have times when they're, they're easy and fulfilling and everything about them is is great. And you'll have times when they're really, really difficult. And, and don't I don't say don't seem to be positive because that's not like my wife is going to listen to this. She's gonna be like, "Ah, oh, that's that's not what I'm I'm getting at here. But but certainly relationships ebb and flow. And that's something we know work ebbs and flows. There are times when you're like kind of like this job pays me I go to work. It's fine. And there are times where you're like, I swear to God, if I have to go to work for one more week, I'm going to hit somebody with a hammer.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: And, and it's the same job and it's the same people. And, and there's, there's ebb and flow associated with that. And, and racing as anyone who listened to this show, who's made a commitment to a season of racing knows there are times in the season where you're like, racing is literally the best thing I've ever done with my life. And there's times in the season where all you want to do is open a sunroof, pour five gallons of gas inside the car flick a match and be done with it. That's
0: a lot of gas.
1: No, like if you're going to be done with it, be done with it. Yeah, <laughs> Like don't screw sure. around.
0: <laughs> sure. But I, I still see like, you know, again, with your one lap thing, you're you're quitting. You don't really know why. You don't really know what for. Like you're not quitting this thing for this other thing. But I still see that as a healthy trade-off. Like you're still saying no to something so that you are freed to do something else. Like there may be a void in that quitting, but that void has benefits. That void is a positive.
1: You certainly know that there's a lot of emotional energy that goes into getting ready for one lap.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) worrying so yeah still the quote that seth told me is worrying is not preparing what was it yeah worrying worrying is not preparing yeah um i think you're wrong first of all (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's it
1: (laughs) yeah so that was that was me and in reference to scott like worrying about this and worrying about this and worrying about this and not getting anything ready, just worrying about it. I was like, that's part of my process. (laughs) You're not prepping. You're just worrying. Those are different things. It was funny at the time.
0: (laughs) It still is kind of funny. It was not funny at the time, but yeah, the, so I've heard it said that you do not fail until you quit that phrase makes me angry. When I heard it, I had a reaction and I had to sit with it for a while because I wasn't quite sure why. You th- this this phrase or this idea doesn't even have to be the phrase that you don't fail until you quit. As long as you're in the struggle, you haven't failed yet, yeah? So The whole premise of the show, how you do anything is how you do everything, that life and motorsports are basically the same thing. I find that line of thinking toxic and potentially extraordinarily unhealthy. That this notion that you can't quit and if you do, you fail. To be honest, the first thing that came to my mind, Is abusive relationships.
1: Yeah, that's the because that's the most glaringly obvious
0: one. Glaringly obvious. It's like, stay with him or her. You know, you love because a
1: failed marriage is, like,
0: that is the worst thing, right? Right. Um. You know that that's kind of the the Holocaust kind of (laughs) example. You know, that's the nuclear weapon.
1: Yeah because the idea is it's not a failed marriage until someone leaves and anyone who's really known somebody in one of those marriages can go dude that marriage was failed way before somebody left
0: and even the notion will will shift <laughs> will shift focus like drugs i mean <laughs> or an addiction period you don't yeah. fail until you quit like that doesn't hold water and you can you can say well that's Of course, like I'm not talking about that, but like, but you can't, you are like to conflate the two ideas of quitting and failing with each other is extraordinarily unhelpful. And I want to be super clear about that quitting can oftentimes be one of the best things you can do for yourself or the people you love. Because, as we've been talking about, quitting allows you to do something else. You may not know what that is. You may not know where it's taking you. It may leave a bit of a void in your life. But that void can be better than what you quit
1: but i think that the people who are making that thing that 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 statement that reference that you're talking about were saying especially especially in reference to motorsports sure you like as long as you're still in the game and you haven't quit the game there's always a chance and you should be struggling and you should be fighting and you're you'll only fail to meet your goals if you're not on the track And that's a really romantic statement that's, that's very easy to latch onto. Sure.
0: Yeah. It's alluring for sure. Just keep grinding. Yeah. You'll get there. Um, Goals change. Goals should change. Priorities change. Uh, the amount of resources you have financial time or otherwise change i'm using the change word yeah shift <laughs> move move yeah transform um they i know a growing number of people who have quit the track community and maybe not the communities that that may be unfair, but they have quit going to the track. They still I do want to
1: talk about the, the idea of quitting the community too. When we get done with this, don't let me forget to talk about that.
0: Sure. That, you know, they'll still absolutely talk. I mean, they're good friends and stuff, but like, they're just kind of done with cars and the track and things like that. And I, I, I've never seen that as failing or as something negative. You know, maybe they never got to the magic 140 mark at Gingerman. Like, I don't think that's, they failed. They simply have other things that they want to do in life. You know, they want to buy a house, they want to have another kid, they want to go on more trips. Like, to me, that's, a huge win like that's a positive thing and most of the people that i know again like every year kind of grows by a few of people who stop tracking stop going to the track and racing sometimes they'll still come and hang out but just to do that they're able to do something that they're much more passionate about at that point something that is driving them more, something that's healthier for them. Those are great. Um, we should be happy for them. Yes. And and I don't feel like shaming them or like, I mean, I'll kind of give them a hard time, but more, more than not, that's to have them tell me why. It's like, oh yeah, you're just, you know, you couldn't do this. Well, no, I'm, you know, I just found, you know, every year spending this much money, I, you know, I just didn't, I can go on trips now. Like I can go on two or three nice vacations for the same amount. And I'm like, I mean, that does sound nice. I'm not, not going to lie.
1: <laughs> look at, look at, oh my God, look at what you spend on one lap. Oh yeah. Like you could take a really, really nice vacation. For what it costs for two people to go on one lap. Bob and I could well, have taken
0: or a, wedding, a hell of a trip. Or a pretty decent wedding.
1: Yeah, yeah. For instance. Yeah. For I mean, I'm not interested just, in marrying Bob, but sure. Well, some days. <laughs> some days. <laughs> yeah. He looks cuddly. Oh, he is cuddly. We've we've shared beds on one lap before. Like he's fantastic. Yeah. Um but I do want to talk about the fact that that when there are a number of people that just disappear um, and are not able or willing or whatever it is to to continue to be around something that they quit, um, and you see that in I mean in addiction, like that, totally makes sense, but. In, in racing, you see people go, the only way I can be done with this is to be done with it. Sure. Um, I'm not going to go to the track. I'm just not. I'm going to sell my car. I'm going to sell all my wheels. I'm going to make it so that I, not only do I not want to go to the track, so that I can't go to the track. This is done. All the way done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I I can't decide if that's a
0: more or less healthy way to do it sometimes. I Yeah, I don't even see it on that scale. I just see that as hopefully just knowing yourself. Like for me and sugar, if sugar's in the house, like I can say I'm going to eat healthy, but if it's in the house, like I'm eating it. And I say this because we have two kinds of cake in the house right now you're eating both of them maybe <laughs> <laughs> not one because he wanted the last piece saved so i'm that is off limits that's just separated but, but you've like, definitely eaten both cakes oh yes but yeah <laughs> it was made to be eaten so <laughs> screw you um but like i just know if it's in the house like i'm going to eat it right i need it out of the house cannot be there or i can't know it's there and i can't do the thing where it's like oh yeah i definitely don't know you've hidden this candy in this cupboard wink wink no can't know about it you have to lie to me if it's in the house
1: and i can see that with cars like i can see somebody going if i have a track capable car i can't not want to go track it yeah like I will wake up in the morning and I'll look out the window drinking my cup of coffee and I'll see that and I'll go. When's the track day? Like I
0: can't, or I'll just go out and I'll visit. Right,
1: I'll will t- take the car and I'll visit and I'll probably take my helmet too.
0: Had a good friend I came up through H.P.D. with, um, who, due to life circumstances, kind of had to take a step back, and never, ultimately, never returned but he had a race car and he got to drive it two weekends and race it once and after he needed to take a step back he held on to that car for two years because he couldn't let it go and One of the times when I feel like I've been able to come up with a good question is I asked him, can you see yourself as a person who doesn't own a race car anymore? And the answer was no at the time. Mm -hmm. I need to have the possibility of returning. I need to have this object letting me know that I could do this if I wanted to. So that when he ultimately decided that he didn't want to, he could then sell it with a clean conscience. That no, I won't be going back. Not because I couldn't, not because I sold the car too early, but because I have made the decision from here that I'm not going to return.
1: I'm feeling very called out with my accord right now, just so you know because I still have it. You've like almost
0: I, you've almost given it like it's almost found a good home. Right? But that's part of your problem I think cuz you want you want a good home but you get to dictate where that home is. I do because like that's I'm
1: still I'm still not over tracking cars and the fact that I'm ambivalent to it. I I still find it important. I still find it exciting. I just don't want to do it anymore. Um, Sure. When I was at Brian's house this weekend, uh, my old rally cross car is at his house, one of my old rally cross cars. And so I got to look at my old rally cross car sitting there and simultaneously go to a rally sprint. And actually the last, not the last rally event I drove because I drove a Miata, but almost the last uh, rally sprint rally cross type event I drove was in that car um the second time i did one lap flew back from one lap landed got had already had the car in a trailer drove to dave's and did a rally sprint so i left one lap early when i was doing it with with tim miller um flew back on a friday saturday by saturday morning i was at dave's doing a rally sprint the very first sea rally sprint we did there um in a caged rx7 and so there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in in this weekend being with people, young people, old people who were excited, like super excited. Um, I overheard conversations with with young people in their teens and twenties talking about what car they like, they just got a Subaru and they're gonna do stuff with it and they're gonna build this. And who do I talk to about building a cage? And yeah. and, and like they're they're psyched. Like this world that they're seeing is excited. Some of the corner workers I was with, they left and they were like, "I've got to come back to this in next event. The next the next car I buy will be something that can I can build towards this." You know, what have you done before and what's your experience with cars? And, you know, because I've done they're like, "Where do you come from?" I'm like, I mean, I used to do rally cross for a really long time and and did this and they're like, "Okay, I want your opinion on things because I'm so excited about this." and it was it was strange being on the other side of it and knowing that i like knowing that i'm not i will never be in the place where they are again i will never look at rally with that level of excitement that that you can have when you are starting or when you're in the thick of it and it's like the best thing that you do yeah and and it was weird and it was a little melancholy and, and it made me think about, you know, quitting the team and someday walking away from motorcycling and like, how do we quit constructively and how do we identify quitting in our lives? Like, like do this in a way that we know will be productive because we know it's the right time so that we make positive choices with, with leaving and And, uh, so yeah, like my work assignment sitting in the middle of nowhere was the best thing in the world. But I was emotional. I was thinking about stuff.
0: Doing your homework. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. What? So I think the question for the audience is what have you quit? Um, yeah.
1: (laughs) Or what are you thinking about quitting?
0: Sure. We wanna hear it, I wanna
1: hear Yeah, it. I I really do, I really wanna to talk to people about this. I'm still very emotionally wrapped up in,
0: in this. <laughs> talk to Seth, tell Seth what you're thinking about quitting or what you have quit and why, make him feel better. It probably or won't. make me feel worse. It pro- probably won't, but you know, at least he'll feel <laughs> like uh, he's not alone. And that can't possibly be bad. Uh, we are at Track Walking Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Track Walking Chats is the group. Um, yeah, come check us out. Biggest thing you can do for the show is uh, subscribe, share with a friend, and uh, leave us a review. Helps the algorithm and uh, the algorithm, and uh, you know helps people find us, which is good sometimes. So. For the two of us and the quitting, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. We'll talk to you next week.